Avast to all ye who let go Thasteron sails, to break away the dark shores of cold, unfeeling space. To ye who be brave enough to spit in the purple storms of Brevda, I say, welcome to Cosmic Crit. I be a navigator, Crotatooth Tyler, and I'll be helping you set course and find your way o'er the next adventure. But before we load cannons and loose sails, there'll be a few words of news to come across the winds. Patrick, saith Jabert, Rebecca and myself have started up a brand new voyage, one fit for the pirate queen Besmara herself. South by Southeast, pointy IP address to patreon.com. Begun have we the new show, converted from the ancient tombs of Pathfinder, first edition, Skull and Shackles be the name, and Patrick be putting his barnacle brain to work, recreating everything but for second edition. Now a new pirate era has begun on the shores of Cosmic Crit. So if ye be interested in tales of swash, and listening to the stories of plunder, bravery, the sound of metal swords ringing, and the search for true adventure on the high seas, then make your mark. Sign up on Patreon, and join the crew. Now there be a change in the tides, and it almost be me time to leave these waters. But before I go, clean the seawater from your ears, Listen close. Old Ty will tell ye the story of episode 143. Licensed to Ilum Chuva. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Join us as we board the Normandy on a special mission for the elusive man to reap what we sow in this week's episodes of Crit Effect 2. This is your commander, Shepard here, a.k.a. Patrick, and I'm your GM of this year podcast, your Grunt Marine, welcoming you back to more action this week's episode. Forming up a tight squad of five or six with me this week is my collection of alien weirdos and romance options. Help me by welcoming my five friends and your players to my rights. Don't mess with this mom unless you want to get biotic tossed. It's Rebecca rolling with Zinnia Samara. Hello. Across from her, this legion of a robot is ready for a red, blue, or green ending. It's Drew delivering Echo 7. Patrick. To my right, this ex-soldier also got his eyeball jacked up. It's Tyler dredging up Zaid Davasho. The genophage is a hoax. Across from him, the Sheeran is planning to uh, uh, Admiral Hackett the swarm with a sword. It's uh, Jabir Plant's <laughs> best. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? And across the digital table, while this little plant doesn't have a, a huge mass certainly has had an effect on this podcast. It's mild. Bringing sprouts. Good evening. Boy, guys. Uh, I can't even with this week's episode. Uh, i got so much stuff to get to. <laughs> so much things. I don't even have time to ask you how you're doing, Miles. There's simply no time. We're just going to have to assume that you're doing good. Lost a leg. <laughs> <laughs> I said we don't have time. We're not checking in. <laughs> Uh, you know why, guys? Because this week we are kicking off book three of Attack of the Swarm. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I say it like I'm attacking you with the words Attack of the Swarm. 
<laughs> well, that's why they put the exclamation point on there. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. So you can grab it like a billy club and hit people with it. But yeah, um, let's get straight into it. Straight into the action. But before we do, we hear from the one and only Sprouts Marlow, who's going to tell us oh, what happened last time on Cosmic Crit. It's never as easy as they make it seem in the hollow vids. We ducked into a mystical cavern beneath New Gracca, and as soon as I found Briar and made sure Petals were still breathing, wouldn't you know it, another large bug decided to rain on our parade. This thing was large and red and spawned little flying mosquitoes that made for good target practice. We got what we came for, though. Briar's alive, recuperating, and Tresh found a long-lost relative. When we made it back to HQ, we were rewarded with a nice overdue vacation from SDF duties by Commander Najiri. Something tells me this will be short-lived, as there's always another bug to squash. And I guess something else happened last week. Oh, you guys all reached level five. Once again, congratulations. You all lived, yada, yada, despite my best efforts. So no need to be sore winners, but we do have to talk about it. It is customary that we circle around the table and we talk about uh, leveling up a little bit, like uh, one or two things you're excited about. Obviously, level five, everyone's ability scores (laughs) like super explode. (laughs) You get a bunch of uh, bonuses there. But yeah, I'm talking about class abilities. Uh, Everyone gets a feat this level. Um I have a very specific order I want to go in. No, no asking who's ready. Jabert, you're up first. Uh, let's see. Uh, I took uh, I took a spell focus at this level uh, for Trest. So getting the DCs up a little bit. Although, I mean, now I'm sort of thinking about it. I'm not really sure that that was the best idea. But... <laughs> oh, no. <You're> second, <laughs> second guessing on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so just about to stop and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like yeah. how many of my spells actually have saving throws? <laughs> one? Okay, well, just one. <laughs> we'll change it live! But that no, one's no, this is gonna perfect. be much better. Yeah, well, that's, be so much better, yeah. that's nice. There's not a ton of stuff besides leveling up or increasing your ability score, right? That uh, that can boost those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, there's, there's only so many ways to do it. And so mm-hmm. this is one of them. So. If I'm going to be adding in some other stuff later on, I want to make sure that I can sort of uh, sort of support that. And my wisdom isn't like, I mean, it's high, but, you know, I'm not really like like bumping it up to like maximum levels or anything. So I need a little bit of help with it. Do you get any kind of, do you get new spells at this level or do we have to wait till level six? Um, so I picked up Sea Invisibility, just a great utility spell. Um, but I get uh, level three spells at the next level. So, oh my, my, my. Uh, okay, next around the horn, we're going to Tyler. Tyler, talk to us about uh, one of our other martial characters here. Well, in the big bug world, it's a big bug snooze fest over here, Patrick. Oh no. I mean, I got a feat, but it's weapon focus. Nobody cares about weapon focus. Uh, Hey, when I align my shield against an enemy, it's plus three now, just not plus two. More boring stats that nobody cares about uh not only are you harder to hit but you hit harder is that what you're trying to tell me (laughs) i do i yeah and then of course you know i put stats into strength con and 
charisma. So I'm going to keep pushing things into charisma so that I can do that gravity hold and I can force choke you like a Jedi and throw you're, you off a cliff. You're unstoppable and I hate it already. <laughs> this is well, just like, this is like I, the base for when I, we get to like level 10 or whatever. I was going to ask, uh, do I get my new level? Do we get more resolve this level? Yeah. Uh, it's half your level plus your key ability score. So even levels no. mainly. No. Okay. Well, I'm not very excited about that. I almost took extra resolve just to try to not have to deal with the consequences of not having enough resolve. Oh, but I yeah. Be, but, you know. That, that would kick in once you wake up the next morning, of course. Yeah, I'm still I'm still. Tyler, thinks, Tyler thinks I forgot about stuff. Oh, no, we got to get to this episode first. Uh, Miles, you're up next. What about our favorite detective? So one of the cool things about being a detective is one of or his uh, specialization exploit is uh, glimpse the truth. Mm-hmm. And... This one is is kind of neat. So by picking on subtle clues and hidden traces in your immediate surroundings, you can see things as they really are. As a full action, you can spend one resolve uh, to gain the effects of true seeing for one round with a range of 60 feet. And 60 feet is so much. That's so good. So what true seeing is, for those who don't know, is basically you confer upon the target the, uh, the ability to see all things as they actually are. Uh, you see through normal and magical darkness, uh, you know, secret doors hidden by magic, and the exact locations of creatures or objects that are invisible or displaced. You see through illusions and see the true form of changed or transmuted things. Further, you can focus your vision to see into the ethereal plane, but not into extra-dimensional spaces. Guys, all the swarm from here on out are invisible, and you're, you've are you got their number. <laughs> see them, you can discern them. Uh, uh, yeah. So my, my question to, like to you, Patrick... It's like vision. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like playing uh, Arkham uh, City or Asylum. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> my question is, is this only a combat feat? Like, can I just no. spend a resolve to use this while we're looking around places yeah you can you can find the invisible treasure in every room that i've put there and you guys have never found (laughs) we've Uh, just been walking past like gobs and gobs of upbs (laughs) (laughs) you foolish fools (laughs) fully you could see it uh yeah i mean it you can find illusory walls like we found in the the caverns of friendship underneath ultranius uh you can just see right through the the illusions um probably gonna be very useful for invisible creatures as well whereas you're like you see like you know air moving around them or like dust kicked up from their feet and stuff like that um, i'm I'm excited about that (laughs) right right okay well that's that's a cool one rebecca let's talk to uh you about our favorite ghost operative. Yeah, so while Sprout is finding hidden things, uh, Zenny is over here hiding. (laughs) Uh, So my specialization exploit as a ghost operative is Cloaking Field. Um, So, and it's a move action to activate, but it makes it so that I can use stealth to hide even if I'm being directly observed or have no place to hide. Um, So I can just hide in plain sight. Oh yeah, Um, Yeah. that's a good one. (laughs) I mean, it's it is completely negated by Miles' ability, so if you ever fight, it's not going to be as useful. But uh, I imagine there's a number of things that it, it would make it useful to just disappear, like in broad daylight. Awesome. Yeah, so that's your level 5 ability. Operatives, both of you guys, your damage is going up some ridiculous amount, correct? Yeah, trick attack is now 3d8. Oh my god. 
Oh my goodness. What? I so know. Much. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Why? I'm very, very excited about this. Why? What? This... Paizo employee was we might like. finally do some damage. It'll be nice. Jabert knows this is like the one Lionel oh, that they are. I mean, <laughs> unless you are spending like all of your credits on weapons, like you get outclassed by Alfred MC here. <laughs> they're, they're so good at level five, like five through seven. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, unless I'm dropping like multiple like high level weapons on on everyone else, you guys uh, that one shot will be very important. So you want to make sure sure you hit. Uh, last but not least, you know why I saved you, Drew. We got some we got some fun stuff, right? Fun things. Yeah, I got the combat feet. Ooh yeah. Actually, I wait, didn't wait. get a combat feat this, <laughs> this, this turn. Uh, well, this, you got you got a feat. I got a feat. I, I got uh, a few things. I got a, a new uh, class feature uh, called Heavy Fire, where I can spend a full round action to take one shot and add my strength bonus to it. But as I looked at it, hmm, it's only a two for old Echo 7, because he's, <laughs> a, he's a, uh, a dex-based soldier. So I figured maybe we'll spice things up. Picked up a little feat called Powered Armor Proficiency. Chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> this is something that we talked about at the beginning of the campaign, the potential to do powered armor. And I might have written powered armor into the first AP, you know, thinking like <laughs> someone's got to do it eventually. right? Um, but yeah, that was just like a, a regular cargo lifter. But uh, yeah, Jankser, I, I gave you the option last week of going kind of 50 50 with her on on crafting some some powered armor, making it so tantalizing. You could not give it up. But that's that's an interesting I, I didn't know about that uh, um, soldier heavy ability where you can now add strength into the shot kind of put your shoulder into it. Yeah, meaning I will now get a plus four to that with my brand new battle harness. Woo. Yeah, so your shots are now doing like plus 10 damage. Like whatever the dice is, plus 10. Is that right? Uh, No, I think it is just it's it's uh, let me think. But, well, I, I guess. Yeah, it's your level. Right. And then plus four for strength. It's it's up there. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> nine or it's nine or ten, something like that. So I think it depends on the weapon because uh, maybe you took the uh, I forget which feat you took that maybe fire weapons do more. Or th- there's a couple of different soldier abilities. We'll we'll talk about them. <laughs> uh, but that's that's level five. Welcome to it, you guys. This is the third time you've been in this position on the podcast. Uh, one of it's the kind biggest. of amazing, actually. I feel like five is a pretty long way to take a character. So very exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, this is like. Uh, like you said, where a few character classes and, and things kind of pop off, where we see some some builds coming together, some weird melee mystics and uh, uh, shield solarians. I'm sure in, in the in the near future, I'm 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 frightened, Tyler, about seeing you in combat. You're already you're already dangerous, but I think my big level is seven or something. Oh goodness, it's coming soon. Uh, so yeah, when we last left off. On the podcast, bit of a cliffhanger at the end of book two, we have the Drift Rider crew walking down the plank of the Drift Rider coming up to Trest. Trest, you see the Starfinder heroes of the Pact in front of you. Maybe you've seen some footage coming out of the Pact about them before. Maybe you've just like heard through the grapevine. But for certain, it is a household name at this point in the, the battle arenas on Yoxian reality TV. You see the one and only Edros. 
and uh, behind them, maybe you have like some like Quindar electronics in in uh, your bunk, maybe like a, a, a food dehydrator and pack in your apartment on on Susculin. Pretty major figures here stepping down towards you. What does what does Tress say? Gosh, I had something I had something dope to say at the end of last week's thing, but <laughs> I cut you a off. little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, you were like, to be continued. I was like, ah, beans. <laughs> um uh I guess what a hunk of junk is not a great thing to say to these folks. Uh, <laughs> uh I Oofa guess I'll doofa. say I'll say <laughs> Starfinders, welcome to Ultranius. Uh, you see Edros, the one and only, kind of whisper something into his comms, and you see up in the ship the the shadow in in the cockpit that you are pretty sure is uh, is that of Andis one four eight. He's piloting the drift. Mm. Why is Andis piloting the drift? Uh, because uh, Trest is down here and it's played by Jabert, but everyone else is. <laughs> Shut up, Miles. Let me go with the, the story. <laughs> yeah, what what all do you have uh, to say, the rest of you, in your other season one characters to this Sheeran sergeant who helped capture one of the members of the Founding 19, bring him back to, back to the group, another of these supposedly founding androids. I think Adros would just be complaining about how we're not here to actually fight in the war. <laughs> hey, no one says you can't go to Susquehanna and, and mess some stuff up. That could be a special episode. Where... Yeah. Well, but then he's got to he's got to fly all the way but, back. But can we be, but can we be level thirteen fighting level five things? Yeah, level just level wrecking things. And yeah. I'll just have uh, hundreds of them coming at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I hand off Sister Spark and I walk onto their ship and I say, "Enjoy, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Settle down, Evie. There's plenty of bugs to go around. We'll get back to it eventually. Just we got more important things." It's, I'm just asking for a small pit stop somewhere. So you know when the last time I even saw combat was? I mean, I can only spar with Alindra so many times before I'm tired of being exploded across the walls of the Drift Rider. You know, <laughs> nine I'd seconds like, into every single combat, I'd like to win one every now and again. Not gonna happen, sir. <laughs> All right, Alindra would step forward and and greet Trust. Um, uh. Thank you for your work, your continued work on um, Ultranius and for your help in procuring this this android. You don't understand how important this this is. Uh, and she would gesture to Andis up in the cockpit, um, particularly for others of our crew. Well, I certainly hope she's worth it. Watch her. She's a, a wily one. She will be in good hands, I assure you. She doesn't look that beat up. She should look more beat up. We'll yes. see to that on the ship, okay? <laughs> Look, not everybody can non-lethally hit somebody and knock their eye out, Adras. Well, are, are you talking about that kiss thing again? Listen, we've been over it a million times. It was an accident. I tried my best. You've been running me ragged on that one for months. You know, they call that guy Johnny Two Eyes now. Do you understand how insulting that is? To the kish. <laughs> a good one. Listen, I set up a charity crowdfunding page for him. I've done everything I can. Please excuse them. It's been a long trip. We yes, really this is a, this is quite a lively crew. <laughs> you don't have anyone more mellow on that ship, maybe? <laughs> maybe a goblin or two? <laughs> a dog? A dog. 
we have we have we have uh, Raimi's dog. Miles, how excited is Raimi to be on basically a prisoner pickup for the? Uh, not at all. Like this entire time, he's focused on teaching uh, Mr. McScruffin's new tricks. It's only like five d six days to get out to Old Tranius. That's 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 easy, right? Uh, You've been on I the mean, same ship for that long. I mean, in fairness, it's like, it's what, uh, 1d6 to get back home, so. Yeah, it's a short drop home, but yeah, yeah, you guys have had a long one here, and you probably are pretty unhappy that you're uh, maybe not able to help out with the war on Susquehann, but yeah, you do have a mission that our season one characters have to, to fill out back in the pact. And uh, I would, I would indeed uh, extend the offer uh, if they have, if they have time, if they could help with the war effort. Uh, their skills would be much appreciated. But I understand uh, they're, they're way out of level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, uh, Remy immediately wants to join, and I play play Remy now. Come back in <laughs> book six or so, and we'll we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you gotta you gotta make it back out there, and then. Uh, you know, if you came right back afterwards, it would still take like six I miss six. infinite magic missiles. <laughs> magic missile. What? 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 Uh, right. So the prisoner handoff is made, and Tress, as Commander Jerry intimated, this is part of like a larger deal with Pack Stewards and places like the Yoxian Embassy, as well as some other planetary uh, dignitaries in the Pact to help like build support for. Uh, supplying and um, arming the the Susquehann forces, so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty big deal. But it is definitely politics, which is why she asked just for you and not the, the rest of the squad. Uh, it is up to you if you want to tell them, though. She didn't say it was top secret or anything, so that uh, is what happens. Sorry, sorry. Uh, to tell you can tell your squad. After oh, 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 I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. No, just, it's yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not pleased about somebody getting out of you know getting out of jail free like this this has some powerful friends if the Edros Varanus comes and gets you out of jail I swear <laughs> it's just oh put put that put that lizard in jail too maybe he, he enjoys that oh grumble grumble <laughs> good for nothing Vesk <laughs> um, yeah well she mainly didn't want you to tell the squad mates because you guys have a week of uh, downtime in front of you and that is where we left off seeing you guys starting some of those downtime activities, maybe changing into civilian clothes for the first time in a while and just being able to explore the city, which now that these kind of insurgents in the form of Sister Sparks peoples, the Reckoners, have been quieted down, you notice that the the, the protests and things like that are not nearly as, uh, as violent. The fires all go out and... Yeah, we, we see your characters being able to actually look around the city and not be on patrol. Uh, Zinnia, maybe we see you one of these days studying at the BBRC laboratories. Amy aiding you like she is if you want to level her up like a tiny little assistant handing off beakers and what have you. It's, it's only a few credits if you want to start leveling her up as a, a pet companion. Just just saying. And, and, a, and a few feats, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to get her combat effective, but she is there. Uh, Sprouts, we see you 
maybe deep in the infosphere if you do want to follow in investigate some of your your teammates sharing information with Briar, see what she can do from there yeah i mean spouts will definitely do that on the side he's also wanting to look into some of the cdr aspects of the city uh, following mm-hmm. up with what render is doing like i mean you, you you can take the detective out of the city but you you know you can't take the city of the detective like he's he's still gonna act like oh yeah sprouts you so even though find, he's not absalon he's still gonna be kind of skulking around you can find like a ton of stuff that you if you wanted to could probably nail to render but her name like doesn't exist it seems like she's actively indeed trying to remain off of all respective radars oh no i, I meant that he's like kind of hitting the pavement he's not mm-hmm. he's, he's just kind of like yeah well i'm just saying you find information around. wherever you go kind of pointing to her kind of growing power mm-hmm. behind the curtain of kind of like the the city's crime scene yes yeah, it's a whole season's worth of material that we won't we won't we won't see this one week will be this one week will, will be, be adventure upon adventure ap 2.5 <laughs> like the middle of uh this adventure we'll come back to this <laughs> sprouts day out sprouts on the on the street uh yeah and the rest of midnight squand um maybe one of these days we see you eating just a huge dinner with devasho's family if they're invited um and obviously devasho the, the main thing while your kids are asking the rest of your squad about would be how you like are in combat fighting the swarm and they all want to hear the story about how a swarm monster ripped out your eye <laughs> wow. they want to hear the story about how uh devasho ran away oh that yes. one time when we very oh, much needed way. him when did i run away <laughs> oh that's a spell that's a spell you can't you can't there was also the t- without Devasho. There was also the time he could not fit through the door to get into the fight. Uh, as a former large creature, I can empathize with that. <laughs> I was say, don't be sizes, Drew. <laughs> yes, your mini, medium characters. I too like being invited to family dinners, only to rag on the host. Good jokes, all good jokes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this vacation <laughs> from the war is obviously going to be temporary, and before you know it, we see you all suiting back up into your SDF armor, checking your weapon, going down to Jenksers, re-equipping, getting ammo, getting batteries. We see Echo 7 indeed coming from the basement armory of uh, SDF headquarters here, wearing powered armor that seems just like an extension of your metal chassis. So you're like bulkier, but it is, it looks very much like your, your metal frame has just added uh, some some more parts to it. Echo 7 looks over at, at Devasho and says, you know the difference between you and me? What? I make this look good. <laughs> Fair enough. I am, I am one-eyed and purple. <laughs> what, what, what are you guys' comments on seeing Echo 7 2.0? 7.2.0? <laughs> Is yeah. that what we're going to go with? I think, I think Devasho would geek out a little bit. Like, you'd mm. think it's cool. This is, you know, he's mostly necrotic energy at this point. So I think seeing some dope half mech <laughs> thing would be kind of fun for him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean I, Sprouts, Sprouts would be like, I can't, I can't wait to ride it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm uh, sort of uh, looking, looking through like the rule book to see if there's any <laughs> rules against that. 
hey, you can get this armor right now. So this armor rules. No rules say I can't. No rules says a robot can't wear another robot. (laughs) So this 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 armor has a uh, a a mounted weapon on the right shoulder, which is awesome. But I had Jankser install a chair on the left shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) A little seatbelt. I'm sorry. All she could do was like a stool, like a spinny stool that looks like a little mushroom popping out. Like a lazy, like a lazy Susan with a seatbelt. That's all it is. Um, well, when he's not riding up there, you can put some potato salad up there. Yeah, sure. Uh, we do have some business to finish up from last time. Tyler, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Nah, uh, going back a few days. Going back a few days from once you cleared the cave, uh, you we see you just covered in acid burns and claw attacks, and you indeed took enough damage to that. You need to rest up. You can't rest without the possibility of your moat invading your dreams. Necrotic energy. I uh, need you to make a fortitude save. Fortitude, right? Oh, Am wait, I let, making a... Well, let me, let me set the scene first, as that night, you do get... Uh, you, you do get to go on leave. So your your husband has a posh executive villa at the top floor of the new Graca Seaside Hotel. Fine satin sheets, maybe cooler uh, accommodations than you've ever had before. But yeah, while you're you're in this very cool apartment here, uh, you're just extruding liquids from from your carapace, kind of overheated, moisture wicking out of your body as you toss and turn. Uh, a thunderclap above the ocean outside rouses you, wakes you, and you see the the scale has the sky has turned a pale purple and s- slowly moving beneath green spiderwebs of lightning arcing across the clouds, spread over this endless ocean, and that is where indeed your moat starts to call to Dava Show. And if you look behind you, you as you stand up from the bed, the bed is gone. Your husband begins to fade into this inky. Darkness in your moat will call out once again because I think this is going to affect your dice roll. We can gain power. We can gain strength. We can gain everything if but we take it for ourselves. Go ahead and make that roll. No, no pressure. You got so many bonuses, right? There's no way you can. Is this based off my level four or level five roll? I think we got to go with level four, technically. Great. Right. Then just but, what was your bonus back then? It was like plus six or seven, right? Uh, I was, yeah, it was plus six, but now it's plus eight. Oh so my goodness! We're gonna, we're gonna minus two to what you actually see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> You've rolled a thirteen on the dice. No problem. DC, uh, I believe fifteen at this point. Oh, okay. oh, good rolls. The, the darkness just kind of fades away and, and the colorization of the, the cloud here kind of like goes back to, to blacks and blues in the sky. And we don't get to see Necrotic Corruption yeah. Part 3. I'd, I'd kind of like to think that maybe because of my disturbed sleep, like my husband wakes up or something and like grabs me and like that that touch, that like reaffirming, that mm-hmm. care, that worry kind of snaps him back to snaps him back out of the trance that like you know the moat tries to put him in and he finds comfort again oh yeah you you hear that moat calling your name but then in the darkness your husband right behind you pulls you out of it but uh they've um you've avoided i'm sure a fairly difficult conversation but that night you know just seeing like how freaked out sweaty 
unable to get sleep. You uh, you you have been whole evening. They uh, he makes you promise that you have to go see a doctor and has like one of the SCF specialists uh, ready for when you get suited back up at the end of this uh, break at the end of this rest. So. While um, we fast forward back in the future at the end of your guys' leave, we see you uh, in a medical tent at SDF HQ. Uh, the doctor is a human female named uh, Dr. Kilgorish. She's looking at a, a data pad as she finishes up your exam. You're, you're putting your armor back on, and she says, Why, soldier, it is my professional opinion that you need more rest. This this has not been nearly enough. I've been rechecking the, the t- test data, and Honestly, I'm unsure how you're still standing. Your immune system seems like it's working fine, perhaps stronger than ever, but whatever this disease or virus is, it it seems like it has eaten away at your chitin. I I would think this is your body rejecting the field necrograft heart you had implanted, but it seems to have incorporated the transplant almost too well. It's embedded itself in your your flesh and is working beyond its initial capacity. Does that make sense, Tavasho? I I never thought that it would take hold so easy. I mean, is there something you can give me to help with? Sleep, I hear. And I, it is very restless. And it is causing my family much worry. I'd feel better if they could see me rest easier when I am on leave again. Um, she can prescribe you some, like, uh, genetically tagged uh, Mark II sedatives that will, like, only work for you. And uh, says that, I mean, these will help with the sleep. But uh, I would, in situations like this, recommend a technological replacement. Cut out the offending flesh that seemed to invite this this disease. But it seems like it has spread beyond your chest cavity. At this point, we are seeing some necrotic corruption across your endocrine and carapace systems. And there's only one way at this point. It is beyond my expertise, but there are those who study mystical arts who who have bathed patients with this kind of corruption in positive energy, magical potency beyond a mere healing serum. It it must coat you from from head to toe. Is there anyone in your party with a, a magical affinity? That is a complicated question. I believe there are those with, there is one with the gift of magic, but I have not spoken to him much about his gifts and the conversations I have overheard with him, it does not seem that he, he has a unique connection to Hylax, to say least. Well, if if you are able and uh, they're willing, if you maintain a, a strict regimen with uh, healing and do it for maybe a month or so, you might be able to fight this thing off. But that is a big if, Devasho. Get some rest and, and, and think on this course of treatment. And if you are able to step away and take yourself out of this conflict... I think you can make a a full recovery. I do not know if fully stepping away is an option. There is too much at stake. I cannot, I cannot simply leave my squad behind to to sit and rest, but I I will speak. I will speak to trust about the magics you have discussed with me. Okay, and I am bound by law not to share your information with your husband, but they have asked a lot of questions and I would recommend being forthright with them. Um, they are an ambassador, is that correct? Yes. They, they can make things a little difficult for me if they were so to choose. So, please do. Uh, that that will wrap up your, your doctor's appointment. <laughs> and if you guys are ready to move beyond your well-earned vacation, uh, you do get called back in for a debrief as soon as your, your time is up, bright and early, about a week later, and mustering back into Commander Najiri's office. 
Uh, you see, once again, she has a guest in the form of the old cheering priest, Zelenan. Uh, he warmly greets you all. Oh, welcome. Hi, I'm here now. <laughs> I wish that's how everybody announces their presence. I'm here Hi, now. It's me, Zelenan, now. Oh, Hello, so are we. We are here now, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We are, you're all here and still alive. Very good. I, I heard about your successful discovery of the caverns of the pilgrimage. The other priests of, of the House of Friendship and I, well, we have spoken with the, the Corps of Engineers and, and looked at their photos, and, and they have led us down there to sanctify the remains that were found of one of our earliest custodians, we believe, in the faith. Uh, and we have therefore found it fit, because of your discovery, to award you all an additional 2,500 credits from the Hylaxian Cultural Funds for the discovery of the site. Well, congratulations, Midnight Squad. Oh, that is most generous. We couldn't possibly take money from Hylax's temple. Oh, well, yes. it is It is not from the temple. <laughs> it is It is from a collection of, of friends that have brought together and and decided to donate to the, the war effort on, on the behalf of the discovery. Oh, we think that this should go to... Uh, the hungry people of Ultranius. Okay, okay no, 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 no take back, Cease. No. I got it now. No, we we humbly uh, accept your gift. Uh, Zinnia has a lot of experience accepting grants. She has no problem with this. <laughs> well, a lot of it is not credits. It's like UPPs and stuff as well. They, they explain it. It's coming from several <laughs> so, so, some of it. Some of it is like... It does not like care about hungry people at all. <laughs> it's an IOU for like so, some weapon of it's parts. Like, like, a, uh, like a, a family portrait that you just can turn into scrap if you want to. There, there's a few <laughs> Space Applebee's gift cards. Just <laughs> those are as good as cash, depending on where you are, Drew. So don't <laughs> knock them. <laughs> um, Najiri will uh, bring out. She's had it prepared a small tray of glasses and some fine spirits, uh, and she passes one out to, to everyone here and, and gives you a little salute on your discovery. The Corps of Engineers and indeed, you know, working on kind of converting these these caves. Um, and she says, uh, as Zelenan said, this this cave's final guide, uh, one Minesh, uh, we have DNA tested and, and matched it to your family, Trest. It, it seems like they were indeed a uh, a few generations removed. We, we scoured the computer you brought back, and she mentioned several times something called the Forever Reliquary. Well, first, what a coincidence. That is astonishing. Thank you for uh, informing me about this. We, that is indeed a family name of, uh, in my family. Mm. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I guess I don't talk about my family very much, but yeah, so that's a thing, apparently. Um, so, uh, now to your second point, uh, can you repeat that? I've already forgotten what you said. The, the more important point? Yes. She, yes. She mentioned something called the Forever Reliquary. Oh, of course. Yes. The Forever Reliquary, which is very important. Zel uh, Zelenand cuts in and says, Oh, you may not know about it. It is a phrase that I've read and, and heard several times in texts and various lectures by Hylaxian scholars, but most of them gave the impression that it was but a metaphorical place, uh, an ultimate utopia, if you will, of, of peace and, and friendship that devotees of Hylax should strive for. Some even believed it was a, 
another name for Hylax's domain of, of friendship, spirit, energy. I see. So this is some sort of a promised land. Captain uh, Commander Najiri cuts back in and, and says, uh, well, in, in either case, um, whatever uh, you had discovered down there uh, led me to think that it might be an actual place as the caves themselves were were thought lost. But uh, this could also be somewhere on the material plane. I did some searching on the infosphere and, and found an article written by a, a Sheeran named Galchak. Uh, containing theories about the location of the Forever Reliquary. However, there is a, a big problem. And what would that be? The the most recent information we have on, on Galchak is they were a profes- professor at uh, Zess University on the planet of Lumchuva, the Chuva system. Uh, she looks kind of worryingly in, in your direction, Zinnia, and continues and says, Lumchuva was the last system hit by the swarm before they came to Susculin uh, nearly a year ago. We can't be certain if this is coincidence or not, but even if there is the slightest chance that the swarm are seeking information about Hylax or this forever reliquary, it cannot be for a good reason. We need more data, and that's where you all come in. Uh-huh. Sounds like sounds like a road trip is about to happen. Well, I have requisitioned a starship, and I am indeed sending you on a fact-finding mission to Ilumchuva. It may or may not be too late if the swarm has a lead on you, but if you're able to determine what and where this forever reliquary is, then perhaps it might hold the key to the war effort here in the Susculan system. But that data set is on, on Ilumchuva, and if you can find it, it, it could be invaluable. Hmm. The the ship I've I've got for you is a, an SDF Susculan whip, uh, just commissioned out of the Ultranian yards, and it's called the Flash Viper. It's a stealth ship, so if you get into trouble, you should be able to slip in and out. It has an enhanced drift engine, so it should make the make up for some of the time that you've lost already to the the swarm's lead. But I know you have been resting over this last week. If you'd like to re-equip now and, and head out, um, I would say any any credits you have. Maybe change over to UPBs via Jenkser. Any questions you have before you you head out on your mission, just let me know, Midnight Squad. Ilum Chuva was one of the uh, murals in the cave. Was there another location that might point to where the where the swarm might head next? I mean, if this is a pattern, it seemed like the two other locations were not Ilum Chuva in the cave depictions, but they were depicting the Sheeran's exodus from the swarm. Um, but both supposedly now Ilum Chuva and Susculan Ultranius in this system have been tied to the Sheeran exodus. These are places supposedly the, the Sheeran visited uh, right after the gap. But well, we also, don't know what that, what that third location is that was depicted in the... Yeah, the, the third one didn't have a lot of details. It was depicting a Sheeran family getting taken out by by swarm okay it's kind of like more of a you know the horrors of war um gotcha. brought brought to that that particular passage in the caverns uh, are we aware of the current status of the planet after the swarm invasion the swarm won the war on ilum chuva and uh while there are other settlements elsewhere in the system oddly as soon as they were done with that planet they left the chuva system and were in in either deep or drift space for some time before they hit Susculin six months ago. Do we have any contact on the planet that we are supposed to rendezvous with, or are we just starting from scratch when we land? 
we know of no survivors on the planet, but hopefully there there are structures that that still exist of this Zesh University. One of the reasons this is coming up for you all is, Zinnia, you you do know the planet well. You you spent some time there. I did. In fact, I went to uh, I studied in college there, didn't yeah. I? At, at the yeah. same university. Did did you know this uh, Galchak? He was not one did of the I? professors. <laughs> He's like more like a. Um, He's like the ph- religious philosophy, history, philosophy, yeah, history, yeah, yeah. and yeah. All the dumb. Then he was probably stuff. over in the science building. Come on, all like time. an elective? Maybe, maybe an elective. You're Who being, needs yeah. humanities? I mean, come on. That's <laughs> why my charisma is so low. <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe by um, uh, if like you bring up a picture, you might be like, oh yeah, there was a that Sheeran professor, but you you're not met him uh, right. them before I'm, I'm, I forget which uh, any other questions on your mission you're going in very blind into this sitch we don't know whether he, uh, they have survived or we're just no. there's been no word of them so if they have survived they've been on a bug infested planet for almost a year yeah it's miraculous but maybe their writings have survived you're mainly looking for either hard drive or some physical copies of uh of data historical data uh if you guys don't have any other questions oh we're gonna fast forward to you all meeting your new ship uh a very stealthy black and purple sdf ship uh called the flash viper and is one of the latest vessels in the sdf space defense you can see it is nearly untouched on the inside as as you get to exploring it. I'll take us there on the map. Pew. I love I love dropping new maps on you guys. Uh, as you're looking around it, plastic wrap still on the mattresses, maybe tags on some of the chairs, like the, that plastic film you have to like peel off of every monitor <laughs> on the bridge. Uh, take a look around. New ship. There's some some interesting new elements of this one. Your last vessel that you guys had was a pleasure barge for like a, a rich gangster. This is this is military tech for the Susculin Whip. Um, is, is there a place that as soon as you board that you you know would go to and start preparing for launch? I'd check out the pilot station. Well, it's pretty easy right there on the the bridge. Uh, I'm I'm just uh, uh, loading loading crates up into the cargo hold, I guess. <laughs> but check out the bridge as well. Crates of all your UPBs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing uh, now that they're going back in the air, Sprouts is gonna re- 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 resume his uh, his captainship. Oh yeah. Um, so, I'm guessing you guys are taking mostly the same positions as before. But yeah, right now you don't have a you don't have a a sixth teammate. There's no one popping on board. Uh, no goblins in the, the cabinets <laughs> to help you out. <laughs> no dogs, um, no, uh, no yeah. undead guys, you know, charging. What do you guys... Oh, go, go right ahead. Devash is near the power core like, there are so many buttons. And I... <laughs> Who let you in here? I do not have our convenient friend to hit all the buttons for me. We are in, we are in deep trouble. 
Uh, what do you guys think of the design of the ship? It kind of looks like like a, a bat wing or something to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, looks, it looks pretty dope. Yeah, looks like a, a, a guitar with like demon wings. On I the have to say, Zinnia is a lot more excited about piloting this thing than the cruise ship that we last piloted. Oh, yeah. So yeah, this ought to be a lot more fun. This yeah. this thing looks like it belongs on the cover of a Meatloaf album. The the reason this episode's intro was uh, Mass Effect Two is this is like the yeah it looks like the Normandy Normandy in, yeah. in my mind. Um, not a lot of uh, frills on it. We've got, you know, the the main stuff, engineering. There's, uh, I, I love when it, they're depicted on the Starship's gunnery stations. And this one has one, like, kind of like in the belly, I believe, underneath the, the ship. Mm. Yeah, I see. Uh, there's escape pods, um, a couple of brigs, which I thought was interesting. Not very often you'll have to capture Swarm alive, but you know, yeah, th- this, this is honestly this is we, should like, have, we should have given this to the Drift Rider crew so they could take Sister Spark back to the pack <laughs> Trade trade up for a, a, a tier 13 Drift Rider? I don't think so, Drew. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then he'd be like, oh, the Swarm are attacking you, and we would just start laughing. <laughs> the entire episode would just be us laughing and just running into them. <laughs> oh, because I, I can't <laughs> increase the difficulty of a, uh, of a no, fight. you're not allowed. Uh, right, right. So I've got the stats for her, and I can share them with you. The the Flash Viper. But once you've made the the necessary pr- preparations, uh, you can begin your journey for the Chuva system. Um, technically, you guys, the the Chuva system is not very far from the Suskelin system. Like as far as like space goes it would actually be possible to travel there using standard thrusters and not drift travel. It would take a good deal longer, but it's not like one of those months situations like other places Mm. in in far space. But that being said, no matter what, when you take the drift there, it's going to take you a set amount of time through through drift space, um, whether it was on the other side of of the packed system or just in the, the nearby galactic neighborhood of the vast. Um, setting a course there, uh, it's been a little while, is going to be a piloting check. And uh, we had some problems with piloting on the, the last starship, uh, mainly glitch gremlins. Um, but if you guys want to set a course now, uh, a couple of people can aid in that. They have piloting as, uh, as well. I can aid. I'm, I'm guessing, Rebecca, you want to be the, the main role on this? Yep. I, I can also it, aid. Go right ahead. Roll those aids, and we will make the big roll in a bit. All right. Two, two aids. Oh, boy. 26 and 22. You've got you've got to beat a, a, pressure a for me. 17 on the dice. Oh, boy. Uh, five on the oh, dice. That's not great. No. That's a 20. Oh, no. But with two aids, that would be a 24. Uh, you should have put more points into piloting because you waste put all uh, my pilots. <laughs> about an hour or so um, making these calculations and it, it comes back like 25 D6 days and you're like, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right at all. <laughs> uh, so while a failure, um, it doesn't take too much longer to, to plot another one. Uh, go right ahead and make me that roll. Piloting again? Yep. I'm just going to say these two auto-aid because we've got a plus nine and a plus seven. That's better. That's a 31. Okay, good. The The only real negative here is if you rolled so low 
uh, if you fail this DC 25 check by 10 or more, it adds, it does indeed add time to the journey. But right now it's just going to be a 5D6. And I love it because there's five of you guys whenever you travel to the vast. Oh, everyone no. everyone gets to roll a D6 and depending no. how long this is. Now this is going to be divided by the starship's drift rating. And this is a super fast vessel. It has a, uh, I think a tier two drift drive. So oh. it's 5D6 divided by two. Roll everyone. ones, gang. Everyone roll D6. That's not good. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! We're so so high. Oh, oh we roll God. high when we need to roll low. Oh no! We roll low when we need to roll high. Five, Nobody six, rolled below a three. Three, four, and four. <laughs> oh, guys, eleven. So I brought it. I brought a. I brought a harmonica to learn during the trip. I hope you are all prepared <laughs> for the dulcet towns of tones of oh yeah 20, it, it will 20. go well with my accordion uh, i had it added wrong 22 uh days divided by two so 11 it's gonna take more than a week which is probably a little more than average there but as soon as you set it in um the autopilot kind of takes over and sets course to leave ultranius and it's a just a few more hours to get out of the atmosphere before the drift engine warms up, appears to send you guys to another plane of existence. And it just, the drift explodes into the inky blackness of space outside of the, the Susculan system before you're just thrusted into a seemingly unmoving world of green and purple clouds distantly floating, possibly far away. Um, boy, howdy, what are we what are we talking about here with uh, <laughs> 11 days? That's like... I've got a website specifically for this. Oh, goodness gracious. It's 264 hours on board this this vessel that has no holographic amusement chamber or anything super, super fun to do. But it's got uh, two brigs. I mean, two two brigs you can hang thing. out in if you if you want your private room. <laughs> Who would I like, like to? I like the the giant bug with the harmonica in a brig. Who <laughs> <laughs> ah, would Who would like to role play my favorite scenes from Law and Order Absalom Station? <laughs> chung chung. <laughs> <laughs> Dresses the chung chung. Maybe guy. maybe we should get really meta with it. Debasho comes in. He's holding a uh, a GM divider, and he's like, "We could play <laughs> our favorite game of space goblins and dice." <laughs> I have a campaign idea I've wanted to try out for some time. Oh boy, I'm getting real meta. That's gonna be season two point seven five. Y'all play uh, yeah. space oh. TT RPGs? Uh, no, but for real. Um, you can take a look at the the new rules for downtime stuff that you want to do, but beyond the official rules for downtime, which um, I mean, feel free to take a look at. I'm more interested in, in how your characters are kind of processing being able to step away from your duties or, or the war for so long. I mean, you've already had like a week of vacation and now you have a week and a half uh, aboard this vessel with nothing happening to you in the drift. <laughs> uh, no, no glitch gremlins here no evacuees crowding your your starship definitely no xantos loach word i'm sorry it's busy right now miles so uh nothing but the the five of you um you can monitor the ships you know for as many hours as you want you know uh, all the the different things going on the vessel but it is is running perfectly uh and is very boring to do uh what do you think your characters would be doing in all this free time you know sprouts would probably get bored enough that he would play (laughs) 
Defasha's game. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I didn't see any purchases made Devasho for any kind of fun games. You, you you do not that is the greatest thing about space goblins and starships. You do not need fancy rule books or intricate maps. It's theater of the mind. We will create whole worlds in this brig that I have been shoved in with my harmonica. Sounds awful. Uh, does anybody else have <laughs> any any character growth moments or well, things that you would you? I don't know. Doing? I don't know about growth necessarily, but Zinnia is of course going to spend as much time as possible um, uh, working on her field kit and research, and especially researching what kinds of uh, swarm might be on planet when they get there. Uh, doing some uh, research yeah. ahead of time. I mean, Ilmchuva fell extremely fast. It, it fell faster than Suskelin. There wasn't like an organized um, uh, as large a, a military presence on that planet as uh, the SDF had on, on Suskelin. Uh, but yeah, this is this is two planets that you've called home for an extended period of time that have fell to the swarm. I think we joked about being cursed at the beginning of the AP, but what, what, if, what if their next target is like Verses or somewhere else that you've you've uh, called home, Zinnia. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think I think I do think that besides the you know science, she would. I, I think Suscalon, from what I understood, she didn't spend a ton of time there. Like she had kind of just arrived there and had escaped Ilumchuva right before the swarm attacked. So right. I suspect that she has a lot more actual ties to the people who used to be there um, and perhaps is is trying to distract herself or, or keep herself from thinking about all those people and, and you know, humanizing the, the decay because there's nothing she can do about that now, you know? I mean, it's it's gone. Those people are gone. And um, yeah, she's yeah. probably burying a lot of that. The, the, the I mean, the freakish thing about both Suskelin and Elam Chuva, um, Suskelin got a good amount of people um, off the planet before it fell as the, the war was raging on for, for some time. Um, there's still obviously thousands of people uh, missing in action, but Ilm Juva was a little more than that. So there are definitely people you're unsure if they made it out, uh, if, if they, they perished, unfortunately, in the invasion. So you might be coming back to find some, some harsh realities. Anybody else? Any anything you're you're grappling with? Any training you want to do, or other downtime activities? I think Echo Seven would spend a lot of time learning the Sheeran language. Oh, it's come maybe. up quite a bit. He's he's sort of experimenting more with the culture side of things. He is his has been largely obsessed with pop culture to this point, but actual culture is something that he has been exposed to a lot, especially in the the caves we were in uh, recently. And and that's something that he would he would probably like to to try to learn is, is to to be more useful in what's going on. At any point, does Tress drop? into casual conversation that you got to meet Eoxy and reality TV star Adros Veronis and, and Echo 7 was like this close to meeting him what <laughs> oh, oh yeah yep. he was on it was on the uh, uh, Ultranius New Grack and HQ bro yeah, yeah he, <laughs> yes he, he stopped by and he was a real chill dude we, why we, didn't you text me we totally broed out super hard he he said I was his best friend was Elytra there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even, even uh, uh, the, 
the the short one. The uh, how do you say Ganak? Ganak, I believe his name is. Gak. He's a he's a good good rat. Ganak. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. I would. Uh, I would. I would maybe like 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 the, maybe this comes up like while I'm like sort of helping you practice. Uh, you're Sheeran, and we're sort of like I'm like <laughs> saying this to you in Sheeran. Java Files Shings Edros Veronis. Cool bro. Java <laughs> Cool bro. Cool. What's weird is that bro in Sheeran and in common is the same word. It's the oh, same word. Like it, it originated oh, sure. from Sheeran. Uni- universal word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do think that Devasha would do the work. The workout. Downtime. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you'd be burning RP all all the time, just working out <laughs> nonstop. Oh yeah, burning RP. I mean, some RP maybe. Not not at not all. all of it though, Patrick. Not all of it though. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, I think I'd. I, I think maybe Trest is having a little bit of trouble meditating these days. Mm. Um, so that's sort of. I'm trying to pass the time, but I don't know. Eleven days is a long. It's a lot of time to pass with meditation. Um, but I'm having some trouble as I'm just. Uh, I keep turning over what Sister Spark was saying about uh, you know, about like letting go and and uh, you know whether this is really advice I want to be taking from uh, somebody like that. Psycho I feel like killer. Yeah, kiss kiss say. <laughs> uh, I guess right, she yeah, didn't, she didn't kill uh, Briar, but uh, there were there were bombs planted and, and things yeah. like that. People could have died at her hands. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she uh, she uh, took took life. Thought life was very cheap, and I'm not really sure I want to take advice from somebody like that. But at the same time, uh, you don't want to. She be seems a, to know. Oh, I was going to say you don't want to go the opposite direction and and be like Zelenan. Who loves friendship? <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, I, I don't want to, you know. But at the same time, it's like I'm. I can't help but 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 worry that um, maybe she's right. Maybe if I don't um, find some way to uh, unleash a little bit of chaos, uh, maybe I won't be able to um, defeat the swarm. Right. So, it, I mean, before you know it, you guys are eventually at the end of this trip the, the the computer is like counting down and you guys can get mustered up make your way to the brig the bridge to begin the preparations on exiting the drift and as you do you're still very far away from the planet ilum chuva the flash viper just kind of slides quietly out of drift space very far away you see uh, just a pale grayish yellow dot in the the far distance of the material plane here and as long-range sensors begin to pull some some visual details up, Zinnia, the first thing that you think is there's like there's something wrong with them. There's no way that this is the lush, the vibrant world of your your former alma mater because um, it was nothing but green and blue, uh, a little backwater planet. But it has since turned yellowed. There's black, arid cracks along the surface and is covered in thick, roiling gray clouds. Uh, but as you're scanning, uh, your scans bring up something else, maybe more important. Uh, trails of multiple swarm vessels kind of carving flight paths around the planet, as well as uh, a line of a few geostationary locked swarm fleet ships forming a barricade across some unseen line of, of latitude on the planet. The swarm are still here, everyone. Of course they are. Uh, make me a culture profession soldier tech. Um, 
see what you can tell about these developments. Ooh, I have, I get a minus five to the DC for profession soldier. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you'll need it with Zinnia's role, but yeah, I got oh. a natural twenty on that. Oh, oh, oh eat no oh, farts. Eat <laughs> farts. Let's do it. Well, maybe you roll twenty-two. Now twenty as well. No fourteen. <laughs> you can't. can't I, I know the difference between a commander and a captain. Uh, you're it's about time. <laughs> that's all I know with my role. Uh, Re- Rebecca, you're pretty sure from like past swarm invasions that they would typically have abandoned a a planet within days or maybe weeks at most of completely overtaking it. Um, so yeah, given the reports that they, they targeted Chuva, you know, um, shortly after you left, uh, a little before the invasion of Suskelon, it, it seems like they might have some vested interest or some reason that they're still here uh, beyond just what they normally do with planets, which is just invade, consume, and move on. Um, so what would you guys like to do? There there are other planets in this system, but your your main mission here is to to get down to, to Ilum Shuva. Um, if you do want to search other planets or planetoids, there, if you have like a specific question, uh, we might be able to, to do some skill checks real fast and, and see see what data you can you can bring up. But um, do we do we know if there had been people who escaped the planet where they would have gone? So I don't think there are any other like super habitable planets in the system. There, uh, there was like a there's a moon of Ilum Chuva that had a base on it which was destroyed or evacuated from from the reports that the commander Najiri gave you. Besides that, there there might be like mining operations and like other small settlements perhaps around some of the planets. But for the most part, when there is a system like this that has like one primary hub, uh, a lot of those people, if they didn't evacuate, would have have to have moved on for either security or you know financial reasons. So if there are people there, there are no shape probably to to help you out. If that makes sense. Uh, what do you do guys we know like anything? Do? do we know anything else about? So there's that moon. Do we know anything else about what else is in the system? Or I mean, is Ilum Truva kind of it? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, I imagine you having been here before. You probably have a good idea of of the different planets and um, there are like some moons around, like gas giants and things like that. Uh, a few, few smaller settlements that, like I said, probably took off after. Um, the uh, uh, the invasion started. Um, same way with you know a good many people left, even Ultranius, when Susclan, just a sister planet in the same system, was taken over. Why, why don't you make me a, a culture check based on these this other planets and planetoids? And I'll tell you what you what you know. It's only an eighteen. There there are some dwarf planets around like the outside of the system, like icy kind of rocky places where there might've been like mining operations and things like that. There is a huge gas giant, but there's not, there are tons of moons there, not almost any of them populated. And yeah, besides Ilm Chuva, there's the planet uh, Atachuva, which is like um, a smaller um, inner planet uh, closer to the sun, as well as uh, Quan Dali, uh, another place that has... Um, uh, mines, but is almost completely uninhabitable to uh, carbon-based life form. There's a uh, a large Quarlo settlement that was there, but same thing. Probably a lot of them kind of took off after the um, 
Ilmchuvu has taken over. What'd you say that one was called? Uh, Quan Dali. Quan so, Dali. Yeah. These are people that can like live besides lava lakes and, and things like that. Uh, the, uh, the Quarlo. Quarlu? Quarlu. Um, but yeah, if you do want to, uh, make your way now or later to, to some of these planets, or if you need a place to escape to, they're days away in the drift. They might be a little bit less, but, uh, they, they would take some time to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I should ask if uh, if there is anything the captain wants to do, <laughs> Miles. Well, I mean, I, I think that that Sprouts would want to do the thing that that's most conducive to their actual mission. Mm-hmm. So if if there's something that that they really do need to get here, then I mean, times are wasting. It might be, it might, yeah, it might be worth risk doing. Uh, I mean, from from these scans and the ships around the planet, no matter what, it is going to be dangerous, but. Um, all of you are pretty sure that you can buy some time and get to the the planet's moon, which is called uh, Chachamik, and uh, maybe draw closer without drawing attention to you. And if you scan, there, there like I said, was a settlement on um, Chachamik. Um, there's no life signs there, so... That one's that one's a freebie, <laughs> but yeah, beneath you on the the, the planet stratosphere of Elmchuva, it is a, a hornet's nest. You, you do see uh, the smaller kind of um, uh, picket line of ships that make their way back and forth, doing these long patrols. You can time them out, you know, like every like ten or fifteen minutes. But there's also fairly close to you a, a very massive swarm battleship, kind of anchored uh, anchoring this this flotilla in space. Uh, beneath you all, you see the planet is, um, is scarred. There's evidence of the devastation even from orbit, uh, where there was once waterways and, and lakes and oceans and things. Uh, visible lava flows, so there's, you know, these these giant volcanic events happening, spewing things into the atmosphere. You can see that, like, on the planet's nighttime side very easily, and on the, the sunny side, as you look down on this planet, these fast-moving storm fronts that just kind of blow across these vast, endless deserts. Uh, a single, like, unbroken shade of dusty gray moving over uh, kind of like a, a, a baked uh, sand-like feature. Mm. I was going to say, while you guys are looking at these ships, uh, we are talking uh, a lot of things you can do to ad- uh, identify them. Um, engineering, uh, piloting, culture, or profession soldier. So there's no excuse. <laughs> roll, roll something, and and I'll I'll be able to give you information. Hopefully, can I use mysticism? <laughs> no, Tyler. <laughs> I gave you four other skills, I, but I don't have just, any of that stuff. Just roll one of them. All right, we we've got we've got some successes here. Yay! Yay! My profession soldier's doing something. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, you. you <laughs> There's like, you know, plane cards that are passed around of like silhouettes of different swarm ships. And you've maybe played a few hands. You know, the battleship is a Dreadlancer, an incredibly dangerous swarm vessel that could cut through your starship like it was made of paper. And Mm -hmm. the smaller ships are are kind of like more of the same size as your vessel. They're called uh, um, Altiferons and are used... Like exactly what they look like they're used for. Patrol, escort ships, those kind of things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, great. Uh, any questions so far as we're going through the, the scouting data here you guys are getting? Yeah, uh, can so- we see if the battleship is like positioned over a p- particular part of the planet? Like, is it watching something or is it just kind of orbiting around? Um, I think it's it's really difficult. The the a lot of the data that you're getting here is just you like analyzing the visuals, all the the satellites that were here, and, and all the points of reference for like um, GPS location are gone. Uh, make me a culture check. See if if you can tell kind of what's it's it's hovering over. Oh boy, that's Rebecca. another natural twenty. Stop it! Stop it already. Um, yeah, you are pretty sure it is focused over one of the larger continents on Elumchuva, and that is where Erd um, is, the, the city where Zesh University is. Um, so how, so when we say this is a stealth ship, like how stealth ship is this ship? I mean, it's as, it's as stealthy as <laughs> the STF gets, mm-hmm. and you're pretty sure, I'm, I'm going to take one of your several profession soldier checks, trust that it is possible to to sneak into this kind of of blockade using something called a, a Vesk dead drive maneuver, and it's a, mm. a stealth yeah. practice of burning engines hot and and achieving almost you know like a max cruising speed, and then cutting all electrical systems and just coasting into a planet's gravitational pull using only micro thrusters. Uh, which was a maneuver used by the Vesk in their wars with the Pact Allied Worlds um, many years ago. To great effect. Um, is that going to be possible? Is that something you guys can do? Make me a computer check, see if you can kind of divine a, a window of opportunity to uh, to drop in stealth styles. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm, I'm scared. There, there are no DCs that are like 30s right now on this AP. Uh, we've got a, a 30 from Sprouts at the captain's chair. Um, and you've mapped out like all the data um, miles that the, the ship has kind of brought back to you and are certain that you can like cut as soon as um, these Altiferons kind of like move out of range and get away from this Dreadlancer to to do that kind of maneuver on a far side of the planet, but you can travel back to to where you need to get to after that. Uh, and it's a short gap, but it is enough if if you play your cards right to be able to just slip through their defenses. Let's do it. Uh, I will warn you guys, it it's a dangerous maneuver because if they are able to find you, you will probably be attacked. I'll just warn you about that right now. Uh, they're kind of an attacky people, the swarm. And you might be attacked with your vessel depowered, which is not conducive to fighting a starship battle. So if your gambit fails, you're vulnerable. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Are there are there any dissenting voices? I well, mean, I mean, this is where we need to go, correct? Like, oh, we yeah. need to get down there. Oh, yeah. You can't do it from orbit, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah get some scouting, some boots on the ground. I, mean, I think Devasho, just because he hates space flight, would, would be like, there are no other options. Like, exhaustion all possibilities. Can't. I mean, it, it, it's possible we could we could try to create a distraction, like a timed distraction on, like, the other side of the system or something. Like, I don't know. Do we have any thermonuclear devices on this ship? Like, I don't know. <laughs> what, would, what would attract a bunch of... Uh... So I can tell you, uh, as far as weapons goes, there, there is a um, a torpedo 
a light torpedo launcher on the vessel. It has a limited range, so basically the range that you could fire this thing at would be a range where they would probably be able to detect you via sensors. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is that is a dangerous gambit, but you wouldn't be able to fly around a, the far side of a planet and like fire it off and then come back and, and try and do your thing, because there are multiple... Um, uh, multiple ships that kind of make laps around different uh, parts of the planet. Uh, I will say there are rules specifically for stealth, which are pretty fun if you if you guys want to try them out. The worst case scenario, like I said, is a starship combat, but I will warn you as fast as the the ship is um, uh, you you'd be able to, to outrun the Dreadlancer, which is like a huge battleship. It has um, maybe less than half of, of your speed, but these ultraferons would be able to catch up to you. So mm-hmm. if, if the gambit fails, um, I mean, that sounds like a good plan to me. You guys want to, you guys want to do a, a better, the vest. Jimmy, you're going to shake and bake. Stealth time. <laughs> yeah. The shake and bake is what they call it. <laughs> what, what did I call it? What did I call it? Vesk uh, overdrive. Vesk something? dead drive. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Let's go for it. First off, uh, make me an engineering check and a couple people can can aid on this to kind of set the route correctly and be able to turn off the power at the right moment. Yeah, well, whoever wanted to make the, the main role here, you're able to turn the power off on the <laughs> ship well. Uh, Zidney got a 33 and then a natural 20 from, from uh, Sprouts Marlowe. Um, doing this, you guys, uh, it's only DC 20, <laughs> uh, power up the vessel and get it burning to where you're on like a straight shot um, uh, from Chatamix, uh the moon's gravity, and do just like an orbital burn, breaking free and, and sending yourself careening down to the planet. And then as soon as you kind of like align the the, the Viper, uh, you cut the power, boom. No thrusters, no energy core to, to be red. So you're kind of floating dark. Yeah, so this is basically just like coming back on one of the Apollo missions. <laughs> yeah, it's a little less scary than that, but uh, there's there's no one to to catch you if you fall from this or if you fail in this this gambit. Uh, you guys can have life supports and artificial gravity on. Um, you can turn them off, but those are not something that can really be read from afar, like a uh, a ship burning. <laughs> it's it's afterburners. And uh, your scanners, you, you can still have on, but um, you know if you, if you ping an enemy starship, that can give away your your location as well. But yeah, you have these micro thrusters, so you can adjust attitude and you know make one small change to your starship's trajectory, and you know like an hour later, and you're off like a way different part of your course. So you have some um, attitude adjustments you can still make. Which could be important because this is indeed going to be hours of, of silent, kind of quiet work here on the, the starship and is going to require some skill checks. In fact, there are three skills and for each of these, only two people can aid. But I have set a precedent in our last book, if you recall, that if you give your aid to someone else, I will also allow you to give your book reroll to another player um, if they're aiding in that specific skill. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think we did that with the the, the trial of Xantos Lotwurtz. The <laughs> the mutiny, if you will. 
we did. You guys are going to love these three skill checks. Um, the first one to kind of determine the the flight patterns and the psychology of these swarm ships, because they are living starships, mind you. First skill is life science. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anyone in your party that is like adept at that, but... Benny uh, knows a few things. But. The second one, believe it or not, is sense motive. Is there is there another operative that seems to like yeah. focus ability yeah. on that? <laughs> and the, the third skill, it's like the um, it's like Liz Liddell themselves uh, wrote this AP with you guys in mind. Third skill is profession soldier, which we have a few of. <laughs> now I could make this very difficult by saying you had to make one of each of these, but you can do all three in one uh, if you'd like. You know, trying to predict these swarm movements, trying to feel them out tactically or, or psychically uh, with vibrations, sciency magic <laughs> of life science. But um, you can do one of each. You can do two of one. You can do three of one if you want. But each one will be one check and up to two aids. So what would you guys like to do? Well, I can auto-aid sense motive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so could I. Well, well I, mean, I was thinking you would well, make the check. Well, you'll be rolling it. Yeah, Miles, you would be making the check, right? <laughs> Oh, okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm guessing you have the best sense motive, but uh, yeah. does, does anybody else have? Uh, uh, well, I, 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 you guys can talk about your bonuses or whatever, but I imagine all all of these skills are well within yeah. potential wheelhouses. I have a huge bonus to sense motive. It's negative one. Oh, get out of here! So, <laughs> Go oh back God, to the gonna... gunnery station. <laughs> Do we have anyone who can aid in life science? Uh, I mean, I can. I can roll. Um, can try. I got a zero <laughs> to it. So any anyone can aid. It's a DC ten, mind you. But yeah, yeah. Does it? Does, so does anybody else have any life science? I mean, I have a plus five. Does life science have to be trained? It does not. No, like it's, it's not a DC ten to aid. I mean, I have so nothing I can auto aid on one. But. I can auto aid on profession soldier. So okay. Thirteen in that. All right. So I've got a I've got a plus eight to profession soldier. So honestly, we have like practically the same DC on that, and so. Sounds like you guys want to do one of each. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Do you, I, do, do you want to start with one in particular? Life science sense mode for professional soldier and just see how you do? I mean, I guess I guess let's go in that order, right? Uh, yeah. Do, do a life science first. Sure. Anyone aiding me? I can uh, try to aid. Yeah, I can try to aid. Do we get All multiple right. tries to aid? Two. <laughs> two attempts and... <laughs> True. Why did you... Do you have the best bonus in life science? I didn't know that... It doesn't yeah, matter. We're fine. Oh. So that's a 33. We're fine. Oh, yeah. We've got one aid and a straight-up 17 on the dice, so believe it or not, that will be a single success. All right. Sweet. Uh, okay, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aid Miles on a sense motive. Somebody else want to join me on an aid here? Oh. What we got? Hey. <laughs> Wow, a motive has been sensed. <laughs> We've got a... So. Uh, uh, yeah, that's... So that's going to be a total of 31. Oh, yeah, you guys auto-aid, so... Wow. So plus four to your 27 miles. Believe it or not, that's a success as well. <laughs> All right. I, I think... it. Yeah, so it's just... It just requires two successes to get through. But if you want to add panache to this, let's do And, and you know soldier. we do. Let's do let's professional do soldier and see what All happens. Right. Who's rolling? I will aid. Who's rolling the main role for a profession? Super. I'll do that. Oh no. I auto aid, but. Whew. Okay, here we go. Oh, gotta stretch it out. Limber up. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody else, somebody else want to throw me a bone? Use what old Trest has taught you these last month or Does so. No one else have profession soldier. No, they weren't no? taking notes. The they Basha weren't taking does. notes when <laughs> I taught them all those lessons. <laughs> I was, I was. Devasha was a guard, not a soldier. He's brand <laughs> oh, new at okay. This. Good point. Good point. Okay. What, what are your ranks in, Tyler? Mysticism, <laughs> intimidate, diplomacy. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Athletics. Sorry. Uh, 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 Drew, could you can you just roll me a d twenty to see if maybe you you, uh, you grab one of those? You just happen to get a success in this. How good of a soldier is Echo Seven? You should have make him waste a twenty. No. Oh, okay. All right. It was worth a try. Okay. Here we go for the panache. Ooh, Ooh it, boy. It almost, it almost was a 20 on the dice, but... So, uh, 16 plus 2, 18, minus 5 to the DC. That is a fail, and you do sense, with the ship sensors, another Altafiron, um patrol that uh, that would have, if you had not altered course before, come right across your vessel. Uh, your your soldiery instinct's not enough to keep you out of, of, of that, but uh, being able to detect and sense motive and figure out their 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 cycles uh, through science is enough to get you guys through into the upper atmosphere of Ilumchuva. That was that was a little anticlimactic. Well, Sorry, guys. Well, <laughs> it would have been so oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, but still, well so done. Cool. Three. Well done, skill check team. You and I have had a lovely <laughs> well, cup well, of tea well done. time. <laughs> well done, operatives. If anybody needs any help with push-ups or... Uh, Flipping around. We Everyone's okay that. with with uh, an entire stealth AP, right? Just skill checks. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um, stealth is yeah. kind of Zinnia's speed, so that'd be fine. Uh, I literally have a plus 16 to acrobatics if anybody needs help with that check. As, do that. as soon as you guys uh, uh, sneak past this blockade, enter Ilmchuva's atmosphere, there is so much kind of static in things from these, these huge storms that you're you're 100% sure that you can put your boosters back on. And even if they were like actively scanning for you, they'd probably get nothing but white noise and, and shatter on their living sensors. Um, but yeah, you still have to make your way across the planet, make your way to UDZ, U-U-D-Z, uh, the city where Xenia, your Zesh University used to be located. Uh, doing so without satellites or, you know, the standard points of reference like oceans and rivers is a little difficult because as you get a closer look at it, the entire surface has been changed. This is like almost like a asteroid or comet has hit the planet and completely changed it in less than a year's time. As the the, the terrain rolling below your ship stripped of, of almost all vegetation, save for straggly blackened trees, there's a, a dry, powdery soil terrain um, beneath you uh, where you see cracks and crevices kind of slicing up the landscape here. There's bubbling, fuming lava pockets as uh, as well as vast chasms just kind of reaching into the, the earth itself. They're spitting out countless um, dark clouds of, of greasy smoke into the atmosphere here. And as you're, you're flying, you see huge, colossal, uh, swarm creatures kind of buried into these crevices, belching the be- belching out these these clouds here. Zinnia, uh, why don't you make me a life science check? I think after these rolls, gonna need gonna need a high roll to determine what these things are. It's a nineteen, but if it's a Xenobiology, it's negative five to the DC. That is still not enough to 
to figure it out, but they stand as nearly as tall as a a building, and they look like they are eating the planet alive. Where you remember like rolling green hills and, and trees covering, you know, like uh, the landscape. Uh, it's it's another planet. It's alien now. And looking at the readouts, it seems indeed like where you're going towards um, the the city of Uds. Entire hills and valleys have been kind of reshaped and destroyed since you were a student here. But you are eventually, through some of the points of reference Commander Najiri gave you and some of your your local know-how, able to to find it. Um, The city of Uds, it is, like I said, on the the planet's larger continents here, able to narrow it down. It is south of a massive depression um, that was once a lake but is now just kind of like a huge crater. And you can see it bears, uh, the city uh, bears scars of what looks like untold devastation in in the face of intense fighting, Um, as well as the rest of the the planet's surface. There's giant explosion like craters and the buildings, those that are left standing are uh, burnt and half destroyed. um, And some are just, you know, foundations. But yeah, as you're looking over, maybe scanning the, the area below here there you see what looks like a one of these huge chasms kind of separating the western third of the city from from the remainder from a side that has a uh, what used to be the the uh, starship port for uh, for the city of Uds and it's almost like a, a tectonic plate like half of the city has now risen up and the other half kind of sunk into the ground and even from the air you can tell uh, with scanners and the naked eye that this place is crawling with swarms. Looks like a, a hornet's nest of, of movement down there still as as creatures kind of like crawl over these these destroyed remains. There does not seem to be a place to land here in the city that is not just completely unusable piles of, of cratered rubble. Uh, so you're going to have to travel outside you know, miles of these crags and crevices to find uh, a suitable landing zone. Make me a computer check. See if you can find a stable site. Okay, we've got 30, right, on the computers? Yep. That is enough to find a a place to touch down uh, that is safe. It is a a few miles out of uh, what is almost like a plateau that Oods now uh, rests upon. Uh, As soon as you touch down here, though, um, some of the alarms start like going off on the ship as it detects um, maybe a few seconds before it moves upon you. Uh, a large gray storm cloud um, with like heat lightning arcing over it. Um, it rolls over the starship and as soon as it does, you guys are just inundated in like monsoon winds and rains just buffeting the, the outside of your vessel with caustic rain. Um, imagine once you boot the power back up you had your your shields up but it you can hear it plinking against your energy shields as they become pitted with the pitter patter of what seems like acid rain eating away at them and dripping down to the metallic hull beneath indeed starship's gonna take some damage let me roll that right now rolled rolled not too high 12 points of damage and i can tell you that is just shy 
of being able to to affect the hull. I think the shields are actually able to keep that out quite handily. <laughs> um, oh you, wait, could you imagine if you oh. got into a fight? Like oh. you failed your you failed the gambit. You got into a fight. You barely survived. Oh, you land, and then there's like acid, <laughs> and it just like the ship's dead. I would be furious. <laughs> Well, don't worry. I've I've rolled the wrong dice here. I rolled forty six. It's forty ten. Oh, I forgot. This is book three. <laughs> oh my god, that's even worse. Let's reroll that. Okay, that's enough to take a little bit of hole damage. Your your shields on each quadrant are twenty five. Uh, I've rolled twenty six, so a point of hole damage. Not not too bad from uh, a a huge storm of of acid rain that kind of uh, buffets you guys. But it's it's over as almost as soon as it's upon you, and like the ship sensors kind of like read all clear as it uh, moves off south down the um, the destroyed coastline of what was an ocean. Right. So as you're you're setting down here, make me a piloting check to set that ship down gently, Zinnia. Did you know this was going to be the Zinnia episode of skill <laughs> yeah, checks? Tell me about it. Uh, Thirty-one. All right, so you have saved the ship from taking some more damage as you were able to very gently put it down um, on what seems unstable terrain. Um, but the, the landing gears are able to find purchase against the, the crumbling stone beneath you, and you guys are parked. You're landed. What would Ooh. you like to do? You, you're ready to, to head out immediately and, and head back towards the city? To be honest, I feel like Zinnia needs a moment to to breathe. I mean, she's seen a bunch of dust, a, a devastated planet when the last time she saw it, it was lush and beautiful. And I think that that would be very shocking to see it in real life, even though she's she knows what happened. But it's it's, it's almost it. unreal because you didn't see any of the destruction. You didn't see this happening, uh, though you got to see you know a bit of it on Susculin firsthand. This is like terraforming what they've done to this this planet. They have stripped it of just about everything living and yeah, stripped it stripped it down to the the acidic core almost. Is there any way that we can predict when a acid storm like that last one will come through here again? I don't think you have any any access to meteorological equipment or you know, like I said there's nothing in orbit any longer, so uh no. I would say as, as, as a general <laughs> thing, I think those kind of rules, like once you get out in the environment and, and start feeling them would be a, a survival uh, skill sure. check. Okay. Um, but uh, from what you saw, I mean, the planet is, is covered in, in different storms moving in very fast across the, the surface. And would it be aware. a good idea to turn on our environmental protections before we leave the ship? Oh, it's not a bad idea. I'll take that. I would think so. <laughs> you know, mind you, you only have 24 hours per, I think, level of the the armor that you're wearing. Um, uh, I, I don't expect you guys to know it offhand, but I don't think anyone's really upgraded their armor too, too much. So you have a few days here. You're heading out. You can always come back to the ship uh, to recharge those kind of things. But I, w- I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, it seems seems like a good idea. I, I might have some other things to throw at you. Uh, Devasha is just going to be a, a a cool bug and just walk out there. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need environmental protections. It's built into his body. He's cool like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I can fly, so. <laughs> you, I don't 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 get hit by that acid rain. I don't. Yeah, I was like, do you know how rain works? <laughs> I'll fly over the cloud. So, Rebecca, you're. <laughs> Zinnia is volunteering to scout ahead, <laughs> fly ahead of everyone. Is that what you're saying? No, I, no, I didn't say oh. that. I, it sounds like Devasha was volunteering for that. 
I mean, I can. <laughs> well, I, you I guys... can, but I hope you don't want me to sneak anywhere. I'm just kind of galumphing. <laughs> it's okay. I can hide. Sneak with a fist. Uh, <laughs> as you guys, you can put on your environmental protections. I would recommend just fully loading up as it is. It will be a bit of a hike to get back here to the ship if you need something. But as you as you step forward, you can see this you know pitted terrain here is just covered in huge puddles of acid rain that has uh, collected from this very short, very brief storm of like maybe a minute or so. Uh, the ground is very unstable underneath you. Part of it, you know, will crumble underneath your your boot steps. Um, but uh, for the most part, you, you can find your way around these these puddles. Um, but that is when the the ground. Uh, these ash heaps kind of crumble beneath your feet. Uh, so when you feel it slowly kind of rumbling through your boots from the ground underneath you, uh, you take a look at the, the hill you're about to crest and 100 swarm dredgers, as well as two big old flying bugs, pop up over over the hillside, headed your way, psychically screaming in your directions to be continued. Oh, oh. Jay-Z, crazy. Back in the ship. Back in the ship. We're just gonna fire a torpedo. We're just that take is care of- not a joke. There are hundreds of swarm coming at you, and I'm very excited about next week's episode. So good. You know what I wish I had with me? That crystal stole. <laughs> yeah. yeah Everyone, you're mine now. Um, I like how Zinnia is probably thinking, I only see two enemies I have to deal with. Everyone I've, <laughs> I've spoken with that has run this AP is like, this is very cinematic stuff. <laughs> I'm very excited to get into yeah. it. We are back at war with the swarm, literally, next time. Uh, so we're going to start next week's episode with some combat. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, I can't wait to hear how this is going to go. I miss Swarm attacking you folks. Uh, Book two was a lot of fun. Uh, I had characters that could talk (laughs) and things like that. But uh, (laughs) now I'm excited about characters that can attack. Uh, All right. That will do it for this week's episode, guys. Thanks for playing with me. Thank Thank you. 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 Listeners out there, do not miss next week. And we will see you here next time. Bye-bye. Good night. Later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Cosmic Crit. This episode has been made possible through a sponsorship with Roll20 and the backing of our Critamander fans on Patreon. Thanks again and have a great week.